how's your week been? Uh, the week's been good. I mean, and when I say the week's been good, it, it's a bit of puffery, right? Like, it's kind of the same as last week and the same as yeah. the week before that and the same as the week before that. Human creativity is an unbelievable force. But for every great invention and idea that's designed with a clear purpose, there are several shots in the dark that seemingly come out of nowhere. Connecting unrelated dots, meeting unnecessary needs, leading our species in questionable directions. What's even more amazing is that many of these quests and creations have become amongst the most adopted elements of the modern age. In this podcast, we explore these terrible ideas and present some thoughts on what potentially sparked them and examine what we think made them work. Welcome to Terrible Ideas. Welcome to good, no, it's not good. Welcome to Terrible Ideas. Welcome to Terrible Ideas, the podcast where we discuss ideas that have become adopted by society, but are at their core, we believe, terrible ideas. Fundamentally terrible ideas. Terrible ideas. Absolutely, yes. We started Uh, off this morning, or we started off today talking about um, both of our pursuits into other kind of areas of creativity given that this quarantine's lasting forever yes and, and the um the edge of sanity that we're both resting or maybe not maybe we've fallen off the edge already but yeah that we're both in yeah this basically is two crazy middle-aged people in their basements talking to each other about how great their ideas are and they're junk like my ideas are junk. Yours, yours seem more more. You have a commercial aspect to it, but mine are junk. Well, wait a second. Why are yours junk and mine commercially viable? My big idea is I'm going to play piano for strangers and they'll watch it. There's no money in that at all. There's just uh, uh, yeah. There's uh, the, the difference. Likely is you've spent nothing to play around with that one, whereas I've already spent 150 bucks on playing around with this one. Oh yeah, I've spent no money at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh commercial viable commercially viable, commercially smiable, I never say. But, but do you think that like I mean, so both of us have real full time jobs in the real world. But now yes. like I think about what my job is. My job is basically the person who carries the baby up and downstairs. That's pretty much my job. <laughs> Um, my job is to ensure that my kids get a full, nice meal at least once a day mm. while they're, while we're all living at home and, uh, cleaning up, cleaning up the kitchen and, and the house. That's kind of my job and walking the dogs while I'm also trying to work part-time. Yeah. I, I, I say that I'm working, but in essence, I'm just kind of noodling with things. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, listen, I've got, a, I've got, I know you've got some terrible ideas. I've got some terrible ideas. Do you want to, do you want me to share my first terrible idea? Yeah. So okay. let's talk about our terrible ideas of the week. Uh, uh, by the way, I also have a worst of the week that I think uh, okay. is fairly current and, and could be uh, good fodder. Um, okay. 
My first terrible idea, and I don't know about you because I'm wearing my glasses, right? I need these to read. So I can do this, but now it looks like I'm partially blind. My eyes kind of look all like fuzzy. And um, I don't know what you wear. I don't know if you wear glasses or contact lenses or if you don't need those yet, which is very fortunate. What do you What do? You do? do you have nothing? I believe we talked about this in a previous episode. I am... Um... I wait, 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 we did? We did. We we um we talked about eyes and I told you I had laser eye surgery. Yeah, so this is not eye surgery. This is the terrible idea is contact lenses. Yeah, okay. I, I used to wear contact Ter- lenses. Right. So I um I only wear these and I have a prescription pair of sunglasses. And I started thinking about contact lenses uh before this episode, <laughs> but I did, I, I actually, um, in days of yore, I, I was a runner. Uh, I still run, but not as frequently and not as aggressively. I used to do marathons and long, like longer runs. And every time, almost every time I'd get my stuff on, even in the winter, winter summer, spring or fall, all you got to do is call. No, it's winter, spring, summer, fall. I would come outside of the house and I'd start to run about 10 feet and I'd go, shit, my glasses. So I'd often run back, put them on the porch or put them in a pocket. Um, eventually I thought, you know, this is stupid. I'm going to go and get some contacts so that I can not have to worry about them. Uh, it was the worst experience getting, not getting contacts, but trying to get used to using them. and. Uh, I played tennis once with them. This was last fall and everything was kind of blurry. Didn't work. It was, uh, these have uh, progressive at the bottom. So they just didn't have the same level of uh, prescription and, and less accurate. And so for me, they were terrible, but beyond the fact that they didn't work for me, all I can think of is that you're taking these things that are the spread of disease and germs. Your hands. And your hands. Thank you for... <laughs> that, that's what those things are called. Your hands. Your hands and fingers. And you're poking them in solution and hoping that you get an invisible thing called a contact lens. And then you're poking it into your eye. And then when you're done with it, you're poking those things into your eye, your hands, your fingers into your eye, pinching your cornea and hoping that you can get it all out um so i feel like number one it does a potential potentially does a tremendous amount of damage to your eye the in and out number two number two and i had i I, full disclosure i did a little research 45 this is u.s research 45 million people in the u.s use contact lenses half of them are disposable So we're looking at more than 20 million disposable contact lenses and 20% of those end up in the water system. So 2.5 billion contact lenses are entering wastewater every year. That's just in the US. This is not good people. Well, okay, so let's unpack this and let's walk this through. Um, So I, I have, a good 20 plus years of wearing contact lenses. Um, many more, actually 30 plus years of wearing contacts. 
Uh, only until about last year that I stopped wearing them, or a year, two years ago, maybe. Um, okay. Some of the things you talk about are actually very true. Um, the wastewater thing, first of all, I always throw my disposable lenses out in the wastewater, like in the sink or the toilet or whatever, because I just felt that they were so magical because these were these invisible discs that made me see things that clearly they would just dissolve when they hit the toilet or the hit the sink. Yeah. So I'm probably part of that problem. Um, and the idea of like uh, fidgeting about to get them into your eyes. Um, when I first got contacts, I first got contacts in the fifth grade. I got them uh, purely for aesthetic reasons. I thought, hey, people think that I look better without glasses, right? Whether or not that's true, I don't know. Um, but there was also, there was a friend's sister who was a year or two older who had contacts. I thought this was the coolest thing of all time. And so if she could have contacts, I could have contacts. I went to get contact yeah. lenses and I spent 45 minutes or something like that trying to get them in my eyes, uh, hurting myself immensely in this process. And it never got better. Yeah. Over 30 years of wearing them, it never got better. Um, I had that I had that exact same experience, Daniel. On the day I tried them out, they said, um, you've got them, use them. Uh, and I was like, great. And she said, just make sure you get it out because if it slides to the back of your eye, you can get an infection. And so I spent 45 minutes yep. trying to get this thing out. Yep. And it was red. Like the whole thing looked like I'd been poking myself in the eye for 45 minutes. And... Uh, eventually I called in a panic. I'm like, I don't know if I've got it in my eye. I don't know. And they said, uh, well, why don't you put your glasses on? Yeah. But like <laughs> glasses work. Glasses are a really nice thing. Um, but people believe that glasses like, kind of, uh, cause some detriment to their appearance, which probably is not true. Like I, I wore glasses for quite some time as well. When, when you're putting your lenses in your eyes, you feel like you're Edward Scissorhands. You feel like you're poking like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, so it doesn't sound like there's any conflict here. Well, no, I, I, but like, so there are some benefits to contact lenses too, right? Contact lenses allow optometrists to stay in business. Yeah, or, or, or ophthalmologists. Um, I don't know about ophthalmologists. It's more of the optometrist. Optometrist, like uh, optometrists, yeah. when I wore contacts, I had to go every, I think it was every year or every six months. I think it was every year. Every year I had to go or else I couldn't get a refill of my prescription, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a pure money grab. Your prescription is not going to change dramatically. And if it is, it's only changing because you've injured your eye enough from poking them that it caused some uh, deterioration in your visual acuity. Yeah. I think uh, it'd be like a business that Mr. Burns from The Simpsons would go into. Excellent. Let them poke their eyes. Let them poke their eyes. <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, you, you know, right. it would be really fun to, uh, another bad idea would be to make a YouTube video of people trying to put contact lenses in their eyes. Just like a, a clip of constantly different. I'd watch people. that. Also, like, yeah. you, did you ever, I once had the misfortune of going camping and um, going camping with contacts is a bad idea. Yeah, I, I, um, I no, because I what I did is I had these contacts for about two weeks. I still have them upstairs, and I was like, "That's it. I'm not doing this anymore. There's no point. Why do this?" 
So I don't want to do we, it. We agree on this idea. We think this is a terrible idea. Contact lenses, terrible idea. Contact lenses are a terrible idea. Okay. All right. Um, I have now. You've got some. I've got. Some, should I throw one more out, or do you want to go? It, it doesn't particularly matter to to me. Um, okay. But go ahead. Try. Um, okay. Here it is. Um, I've done less research on this one. My feeling is that electric razors, electric razors are a terrible idea. Uh, I'm not going to sit and argue the straight razor is bad or the, um, you know, the razor that has three or four or seven or 25 blades is, is bad. They, those things work because it's really you put your, your hand, them in your hand, you put pressure and you drag across the, the skin taking the hair and the stubble off. But the electric razor has some, so many different types with the circular blades that kind of, they all make that sound, but they are the turning. And basically you cannot capture, uh, you cannot do a shave that feels close and smooth and good ever with an electric razor. And two, without getting a severe rash or some sort of blemish from it. I think that they are a total waste of money and, uh, I think they're a terrible idea. Do you use them or no? I've tried them. I have about uh, part of my, you know, collection of things in my uh, cupboard in my bathroom are at least two old electric razors that I thought would work. I do use, I do use an electric razor for this, this beard I have yeah. Yeah. that just that cleans it to a certain level. But everything else, everything else is done via razor razor. So I've, ne I've never used a real blade. I've only used electric. But I do. Really? I, I also do agree with you, though. I think that um, electric razors are a terrible idea. You're taking a motorized derivative of a lawnmower and putting it on your face, <laughs> right? On your head, right? Yep. And, you're, um, and you're also like, when they work, awesome. But if you've ever, uh, you, you may or may not have had this experience, I have. Um, when one of the razor things get, razor things, I don't know what they're called, but one of the, one of the razors? Maybe blades? blades or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. When one of the things gets damaged, it ends up, the way you find out that your razor is damaged is because it rips holes in your face. Yeah. Right? I, I've had yeah. that a number of times where like, you wake up to shave and you start shaving and then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, what's that red? Oh, I'm bleeding from my head. If I could just add something that you've add two things that you've shared, I'm going to put them together, which is you're basically taking a lawnmower and you're putting it in the hands of somebody who's just woken up. Yeah. And you're asking them to put it against probably the most sensitive area of their body where if it's cut badly they die right we've all seen it no on one dies movies. no if you get cut badly enough along your neck uh, but i it's really difficult to kill yourself with, with an electric razor no i'm gonna try this week i'm gonna try i'm gonna try this week but no but i, I think you can definitely get scarred um absolutely and also right. the yeah, the electric razors, 
but the, I still use them because I, I kind of like the idea of, and also they have like the ones that plug in the walls, the ones that are rechargeable. They used to all plug in the walls. Now they're all rechargeable. Um, when they yeah. plugged in the walls, there was a separate issue of dropping it in that giant pool of water right in front of you when you're shaving, right? Yeah. Um, th th that was probably an issue, I think, also. And they also had a different voltage, right? You could only plug it into a particular kind of, uh, in, in hotels at least, right? I think so, but I don't really know what that means. Like, I, I know that the 110 and the yeah. 220, I just plug it in anywhere. Like, wherever I went, I was plugging the thing, and it seemed to work. Um, but then every once in a while, every like two years, let's say, or year and a half, something would break in the razor and it would cause me to get like either a, a cut or a scar yeah. or a, um, or pulled your hair. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible idea, man. They're terrible. There's nothing good that comes from them except for laziness and, and razor burn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even like... I've had like a, a permanent five o'clock shadow mm -hmm. for like the last six years, maybe seven years. Yeah. So uh, I haven't like shaved like down to the, down to the skin in quite some time. Yeah. I, and mine is an actual, yours doesn't look, yours is a bit more advanced than five o'clock now. It's like, yeah, it's like 830. It's an 830. Okay. All right. Because I'm, I'm going to say that mine's a little bit more than a than a five o'clock shadow, but it's not that far off. Than from yeah, but, but also like n yeah. now that we're in the middle of the uh, the massive global event, uh, I, I have to uh, show my my solidarity with my neighbors by not shaving. For whatever uh, reason, like everyone decided that during this time they were just not going to shave. Yeah, that's I, I don't know if that's reasonable. I wonder if stock and razor blades has gone down. Um, I don't know. I know that the, yeah, I know that pharmacies and grocery store stock has gone up. So I was reading Loblaws today has done very well over the last month or so. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. So you're in agreement about electric razors being a terrible idea. So, so you, both of your ideas today are both about personal care items, which is, which is a really yeah. good place to play. Um, that's, that's yeah. a good good route to, uh, to enter this discussion. My contribution today, I believe that the lottery is a terrible idea. <laughs> um, and when I say the lottery, I mean like, it, it depending on where you live. So the Powerball or the 649 or the, like, you know, the lottery, the state lottery. But, did, you're not, are you including a scratching, like go to get the scratching cards, scratch yes. and win cards? Yes. You are, okay. A anywhere a where you put money down and hope you win something. Anywhere where you put money down and hope you win something, knowing for a fact that the odds are tremendously against you. Right. It's a yeah. terrible idea because, first of all, you're set up for disappointment, right? You're set up to, uh, yeah. to you're set up to fail. Um, so, like, and also the, so I think you're set up to fail. I think you're in a situation where um, even if you win, you're not going to win anywhere near the amount that you expect to win. And then if you do win that amount that you, that you kind of hope on a dream that you'll win, your life crumbles into horrible so fast. Um, you look at all those people who win like, you know, $10 million in the lottery and then the next week become like 
heroin addled, like crazy people who are, um, who've lost their families and their. Yeah. So what's the, which has more downside, the people who are putting money into something they'll never win or the people that actually win? Sounds like the people who actually win. Well, I, I, ironically, the lottery, the lottery really fascinates me because it's, and, and uh, again, caveat, I play the lottery occasionally. I think it's really fun, right? But what I think yeah. is fun about it is the community spirit of it. I, I, I think the, I'm trying to rationalize my own idiocy, right? Um, I think the community spirit of like, hey, this helps people. This will, it's like a charitable donation that you might win something back for, right? Mm. That's how I kind of conceptualize it. But realistically, why am I playing? Am I playing so I can be let down the next morning when I check the numbers and I'm like, oh, didn't win again. Or I want a free ticket and it's completely useless because you have to play this thing again. Or am I hoping upon a prayer that one day I'll win this huge amount of money that will change my life and I'll become Richie Rich. And, um, and if that happened, everything would fall apart. I'd find relatives that I didn't know about coming out of the woodwork trying to like talk to me. I'd find charities that I don't care about asking me for money. Yeah. You'd, you'd have uh, friends saying, hey, you know, we should really promote the heck out of this podcast and I'll do it for a fee. Yeah. No, the, the, for sure. You <laughs> look at the dead man looks like, I don't trust you, Kindler. No, like, um, I, I, have, I have a lot no, of... No, it'd be brutal. It'd be brutal. All joking aside, it would be brutal. Like, the, the, the individuals that... Um, I, I just... I think, I think it's kind of sad because what you'd have to do is hide your wealth. Like, if I were to... I don't know about you, but if I were to win 20 million, 50 million, whatever the number is, 7 million... I wouldn't tell anybody. Well, I wouldn't tell my kids. I would, I'd tell my wife. You wouldn't tell anyone, but the lottery company would come to you with a big giant cartoon sized check and plaster your face on every billboard being like, here's Nick. He won X million dollars in the, in the sweepstakes. Yeah. And there'll be a picture of you looking like surprised, but kind of aloof being like, Whoa, <laughs> it can yeah. happen to you. That, 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 that's the, I, I, I'm really fascinated by lotteries in general. I, I love the fact that I, I love when, when the jackpot gets sufficiently high enough, pretty much everyone plays, it seems like, right? And that's a really community bonding experience that I, I really like. And I think it's a terrible idea, but I still do it. For many of these things, like contact lenses, electric razors, lotteries. I've done all three of those things and still will do all three of those things. <laughs> but um, I haven't bought a lottery ticket in forever. It's, I can't, honestly, I don't remember the last time. It's been 20 years. But my father, my late father, I grew up, he would have a lottery ticket or two every week. Yeah. Every week. Um, and I, it, it was part of, and so there's a part of me in, in chatting about this is like, I think I might need to go buy a lottery ticket on a semi-regular basis now, if not to honor his, his history. Right. Oh, for, first it's of all, I think there's yeah. that. I think there's, um, I, I, again, I, I'm going to keep harking back to this idea of community. When I say community, I don't mean like kind of kumbaya, everyone around a campfire. I mean, it, it ties you to the real world. Right. Um, I love the idea that someone in a place that we can look at on a map has won this, right? And, 
and someone's life is dramatically changed, probably for the worse, but dramatically changed. Um, I know of uh, a number of people who work in mental health field um, who have talked to lottery patients um, or lottery winners who have become patients because they don't know what to do with themselves after they win. Right? Yeah, what do you do when you don't need to do anything because somebody can do it for you? Like, that's, that's a scary thing, right? Yeah, well, this thing that happened right now, this pandemic, is kind of like the anti-lottery. Um, it's a thing you didn't expect to happen that did happen to you, and now your life is dramatically changed. Um, but you have to now rise to that challenge and figure out a way to either occupy yourself creatively or to, uh, or, or, or to kind of go with it. Whereas the lottery is the exact opposite. It's once that happens to you, you can sit around literally eating ice cubes all day and the world will be the same. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I have a friend who grew up in a unique situation, but basically he ended up with trust, right? Money uh, at an early age. And, um, he told me that when the pandemic hit, he's like, now everybody lives like I do. Basically, the pandemic is turning everyone into a trust. What, it's, what it feels like to, to basically like, what do I do with my day? <laughs> uh, but you can't go to lunch. You can't go to lunch. You can't go for coffee. I was thinking this, yeah. this morning I was actually doing work in the house. And then our baby came in the room and I was like, I'm not doing work anymore. I'm done. And like, it was... Uh, yeah, it, it, it was a bit having, and it, because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I don't know. This is, my thoughts are going nowhere. Yeah. Okay. But I, I like the, I like the lottery. I mean, I, I mean, I agree. It's a terrible idea. I think fundamentally it actually takes money from people who for the most part need the money. Um, they don't feed enough on the charitable side of things. They don't really feed enough of the charities that need to be fed. Um, and uh, and then the outcome of lotteries and gambling is is horrific. So but, I I agree, it's a terrible idea. But the lottery works very well if you only play once in a while, like once once every draw or whatever, and yeah. you um, and you don't spend more than you can afford. If you buy one ticket once a week, you're in, you're okay, and it gives you that imagination and that hope that what well, if? So does uh, so does alcohol. If you only do it a little bit once in a while, if you only spend on it, what you've got, like, it's the same thing. It's an addiction. It's a, for, for many people. Right. Um, so yes, I agree. But, and same with cocaine and heroin, they're all good. If you do them in, in small doses and you, I'm kidding. I can't, don't do heroin and don't inject bleach or whatever it is that the president said to do. Okay. Um, so what are your ter- what, what was your worst of the week? You said you had a worst. Okay, yeah, I, I've got a worst of the week, and it came to me this morning when I was reading the paper. Um, uh, What's so the paper? here's what. It, well, that's a future. That's a future uh, terrible idea that we're going to talk about. I actually have it down here, but that's not what it, the worst of the week. Um, here's what happened in Brooklyn. I don't know if you read what happened in Brooklyn. That there was a very well-respected rabbi that um, died of coronavirus and his funeral was held 
And hundreds and hundreds of people came out to mourn him. Now, as I was reading it, uh, this article, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, um, was horrified and angry that a group of people, in particular, this group of Jews would get together. And so as I'm reading it, I'm going, what were they thinking? And then as I kept reading it, I started reading, thinking, what was he thinking? Uh, at the same day that these, uh, these mourners were gathering, there were apparently um, fighter pilots that were flying over the city to recognize um, frontline workers. And hundreds upon hundreds of people gathered to get a glimpse of these pilots, these, fly, uh, these uh, planes flying overhead. And so he actually went to the funeral gathering himself with, uh, with police to tell them to clear the air, clear the area, and went on to Twitter saying, uh, the Jews in New York cannot gather, and he kind of went directly to the Jews as the problem, and they have to be, uh, they have to obey the rules like everyone else. Now, they do, we do have to obey the rules like everyone else, but so. But before you go along, uh, sure. one thing worth noting, because even though we think we're talking to each other, there are people who you don't know and I don't know who are listening to this, right? Yes. And they yes. don't know that you're Jewish or I'm Jewish. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah, so, the way so I blaming the Jews the podcast said... is always a bad idea. <laughs> so do you want me to change the worst of the week? We can do something else. No, no, you can do, do this. Okay. Just, okay. just put, put the asterisks of like, Hey, I can talk about as a Jew, yes. as a Jewish person, I was at first frustrated by what they were doing as mourners. But more importantly, and I still am, I think that they needed to figure out a way to socially distance uh, during this time, just like everybody. Uh, however, Bill de Blasio, in my opinion, put his foot in his mouth on Twitter by saying, pointing out one religious group specifically that needs to be taught a lesson around social distancing. To me, unacceptable. Okay. Whether it's Jews or Muslims or uh, Catholics, it doesn't matter. You don't point one group out and not, and not necessarily, and, and not others. I, I, I'll buy that totally. I think that you should not point out groups for doing things. Um, but I also think <laughs> you shouldn't have a... Like you really shouldn't be dying now. It's a bad time to die. Um, you also shouldn't be having a. Um, but like the, I think that the message is who made you special, right? Um, whether you call it a group or not is is probably not is is the area that we're that you're offended by. But um, yeah, like right now, no one's special in any way at all. Like I know. Um, there, there are a number of uh, religious ceremonies that have ha have adapted quite well. Passover, Easter, Ramadan, those all adapted quite well to the situation right mm -hmm. now, I think. I, I would agree. And um, uh, I, I, my, you know, it is a terrible time to die right now. Terrible right? time. It's ter terrible time. And, and because uh, you're dying alone, most likely. Uh, and no one can come and mourn you in person or comfort those who are mourning you. 
Well, yeah, it's, it's that, that, that second element of it that really concerns me. Like, let's assume I drop dead tomorrow, right? Let's not. I don't want to assume well, that. Well, I like you. And I, I want you to stay alive. Fine. But let's assume that happens. The, the real loss, I think, is I want a massive funeral. I would like to be <laughs> like, I want to be remembered like Napoleon was. Like, I want to have like, yeah. was Napoleon remembered yeah. good or bad? I can't remember. Well, we remember him. You and I do. I, I remember. I, I remember him from yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but I, I can't remember. Yeah. Regardless, I, I, I kind of want to have this. Like, I think that the it's like the celebration of life. All the funerals I've gone to in my life, for the most part, they've been really interesting. There, there are unique ways of celebrating a person, and you you yes. learn about what they did and who they were, even if you didn't know them directly. Yes, and there's something about being able to um, either see the people that are sad, the family members, and and comfort them and give them your your wishes, your your share your condolences, or if you're that family member, see those people who are thinking about you guys and and your family or the lost person, the I can't speak, the the person who 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 died, so. It works. It works. Except right now, it won't work. It, it's a terrible time to die, and we. I think my. If we're going to put pause on everything, including the economy, then maybe we put pause on funerals and and dying. We just don't die from from for right now. Or do you think people who die should be cryogenically frozen and then thawed out once it's all? Yeah, I mean, I think if we could all like, I'll tell you what. If we if, if if I die tomorrow, I would want to go all hand solo. And I'd want, like if I had 10 minutes left, what I would want is to be caught in those 10 minutes. I don't know when in those 10 minutes that I'm going to be frozen. So I could literally do that just like hand solo. Right. And then everyone's going to see my facial expression and my shock of like, holy crap, I'm dying at my funeral instead of this closed casket thing or Lead to rest. Thing. So maybe the theme of this episode is everyone thinks they're important. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Cool. I think you're important, Daniel. Well, that's very kind of you. Um, I, I wish you a nice uh, afternoon or evening or whatever day it is or whatever year it is. You too, and uh, and stay safe. Don't don't drop dead. <laughs> <laughs>